Welcome to Corridors. This week, how to answer the question, out of all of the other candidates, why should we hire you? The questions this cast answers are, what should I do when I get this question? How should I answer it? And why do I get this question? If you've listened to us for any length of time, you've heard us talking about communication and relationships because relationships matter. It's half of your success at work. And the person with the best relationship building skills in the world is our Maggie. When she's setting up a client engagement, she talks to whoever it is, gets a real understanding of their organization, what they need, how the delivery should go. Sometimes she tells them they don't need us or there's a better solution that's not us coming to you. And sometimes the solution is sending one of our presenters to your place for our effective communicator, effective manager, or effective hiring manager conferences. We want to give you the best solution in your circumstances. So if you've been thinking about training your team, send an email to maggie at maggie at manager-tools.com. I was looking in an article this week and I saw in Inc. Magazine that they had a list of the 50, I think, most commonly asked interview questions. And in, in the top 10, this question appeared, the one, the one, why should we hire you question. And I don't like it. Oh, we don't like it. I will we'll tell you why in a second. But we want to give you guidance about the situations that you come across. There's no point in us saying, well, we don't like it. So we're not going to give you the answer, <laughs> right? then you're going to get to an interview and hate us. So we don't want that. Since this is a question you are likely to be asked, uh, we're going to talk about how to answer. Absolutely. We'd not ask it, but you should need know, you should know how to answer it. Um, all right. So our outline then, we're going to start by talking about the fact that you do have to answer regardless of um, your interpretation of how valid the question is, um, what we're going to start with. What we'll follow up with, um, or or how you'll fill the content piece of the question, and then what you'll finish with, or how you'll wrap up your answer. It's pretty easy, but you do have to have an answer. So this is a silly question. You can't possibly know all of the other candidates. You can't know exactly what the hiring manager is looking for. You have the job description, and you have whatever he's told you as a clue, but you don't have full knowledge. Um, and you can't analyze the possibilities because you don't know what the possibilities are. And so you can't make a good recommendation. It's almost as if he's saying, um, all of the other candidates that you've never met, why are you better than them? Right. Make a comparison to people you do not know. Right. And all you can do is tell him why you're a good candidate. You, you cannot compare. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in addition, the answer is not dispositive. Um, that is... It doesn't give the hiring manager really any information that's going to help in actually making a decision with the role, right? It doesn't say whether you're actually good at any of the skills that we're hiring for in the specific position because it doesn't actually ask for examples. It's really easy for me to say, I'm a very patient, loyal person, but without giving you informations to just to display that, um, it doesn't really tell much, right? It doesn't say if you're ethical, trustworthy, organized, if you get results, because it's just not specific enough to get from that question any good information. 
And that's it. If you get the question, you have to answer it. Mark sometimes says, if you don't like the way your manager manages, get promoted twice, meaning you, you have to get to uh, the same level, be promoted once, get to the same level, be promoted again, then you're managing your manager and you can make them do whatever you want. Um, if you want to stop hiring managers asking this question, you have to get hired and then get promoted twice in order to have the authority to make them stop asking. Uh, so the likelihood of that happening uh, is, is low. I mean, I guess it would happen eventually. It's going to take time. Yeah, by the time you're a director, you've probably got better things to worry about than one question that's being asked in interviews that you don't like. Yeah, exactly. Hiring managers, they honestly believe that this information does give them, or these types of questions, give them the information they need. Um, and if they didn't think the question would give them something useful, guys, obviously they'd not ask it, right? Uh, one hiring manager that uses the question said in an article that uh, that we'd read, as a hiring manager... I've used this question, why should I hire you, as a way to see whether the candidate gets uncomfortable bragging about themselves while attempting to make it seem like they're not bragging. Now, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure myself in what exact job role um, you could relate a person bragging while not seemingly bragging. I don't know what job that 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 particular skill set would benefit you in um, if hiring managers are going to ask the question, um, which they're going to, right? Some think they deem valuable information um, from it. We just want to make sure that you are able to answer the question posed in a good fashion. Yeah. And if you find yourself against that hiring manager, just don't work for him because I have a feeling that there's a lot of things he does that make no sense. That's the thing. I just want to like see if I can't put them on the spot. It doesn't really feel good, but it's his prerogative. So to begin your answer, you're going to start with uh, one sentence that we're going to use every time. And sometimes this question has a bit of a trick in it. Some managers expect you to say X and Y and Z or whatever for your answer and not acknowledge that you have the don't have the full set of information that's needed to make a recommendation. So there is a school of interviewing thought that you should ask questions which have a trick in them or have a double meaning and the, the and they're looking for something other than an example from a candidate. Again, it doesn't give you, if you're a hiring manager and that's what you're thinking, it's not giving you what you think you're, you're getting from it. It's, you know, either the, the candidate is, the candidates are nervous and and if you if you have this like double layer thing going on they're not going to get it and then so if they don't answer the way you think they should then it, you don't know whether it's because they didn't get it or because they're nervous or because they never would have got it it's, it's just ridiculous so not all hiring managers think this way but you don't know whether the one you're working with or the one you're interviewing with does think that way or not. So it's as well to start this way. Um, and this is a nice sentence that you can rehearse and you can practice so that it helps get you going into the question. And, and it's always nice to have something that gets you into the question and that you can feel confident about because then you can carry on feeling confident. So the other thing about this sentence that we're going to give you in a second is it's 
nice or kind about other candidates. And that's always another thing. It's always something that people are looking for, that whole soft skills, social skills of being a good team player, of being someone who sees the positives in other people's skills, um, who who can be nice about other people. Um, so this is a way of demonstrating that too without being super obvious or super smarmy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We get lots um, of questions I've found in our Effective Hiring Manager conference um, from people that say, but I don't want to, um, how do I know that the candidate doesn't appear selfish, right? Because specifically for us, we use a lot of behavioral interview questions, which means your candidate saying, well, I did this and then I did that. So they are, um, at times, hiring managers are looking for, right, those criteria. How do I know they're not taking credit for things maybe that weren't theirs? It was a group decision, um, stuff like that. So yeah, reflecting kindly on others is really uh, valuable in the interviewing situation. So the sentence is, Obviously, I don't know all of the other candidates, and I'm sure many of them are as qualified as I am. I can tell you, and then we're going to talk about your skills. So you're saying, here's my assumption, I don't know everything, and I'm sure there's other people that are as qualified as I am, which is eminently true for any job. There's (laughs) any number of people who could do it in different ways. But you're in the room and you need to sell your skills so that I can tell you, gives you a start for what we're going to tell the hiring manager, the meat of this answer in a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to follow up then with the meat of the matter that is something that you're going to need to prepare for um, in advance. That is, um, in order to be able to craft properly in a in a well-structured fashion and actually give information to the hiring manager to prove you've thought through this. Um, you're going to want to be able to prepare so that you can have an answer ready to reel off relatively smoothly, right? You're going to give the hiring manager three points that cover things you know are important in this role. Right? So that's going to mean you're going to have to look at the job description, Um, The advertisement has studied it, I want to say, in enough depth to know what's important, right? What are some of those three key things that this job is looking to address? Um, Hiring managers telegraph what's important in these types of documents, right? And we're going to demonstrate some of those examples in a sec. And if you're smart, that you've looked at the the hiring, uh, all of the information you can get on this job and you've crafted your resume, you've crafted your application letter. If you've already done a phone interview, you've crafted your phone interview answers all to meet what's in this job description. So this isn't wasted effort in in preparing these answers because you're going to use them in different places in different ways. And this knowledge is is the basis of a really good interview. Mm-hmm. And the the answers that we get, these bullets that we're going to give, these three bullets, they look and sound a lot like resume accomplishment bullets. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the you're looking for I have format that we recommend for cover letters. So as long as you know your skills really well, as long as you know how you've described things on your resume really well, you shouldn't really have any problem thinking of three bullets and of being able to describe them quickly and efficiently in an interview. Exactly. And also, guys, the number three here is it's somewhat arbitrary, right? You don't want so many 
uh, that you're covering minor skills or experience, things that are maybe not overly important, and you don't want so few as to be unconvincing, right? Um, so three is kind of a nice compromise. It's good middle of the road. Uh, two is probably uh, as few as we would recommend that you go um, to insert in this next piece, and five at the most to put here. Yeah. So what I did was uh, I looked up a few job ads um, and uh, crafted some answers uh, according to what seemed to be important in those jobs or what I knew about what's important in those kind of jobs so that we can give you some examples. So the first one is project managers. Um, so for project managers, the most important skills and accomplishments are almost always bringing projects in on time, on budget and client relationships. If a project manager can't bring a project in on time and on budget and to scope, then they're not a project manager. They're, they're just playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a hobby. Because if your resume doesn't say that you can bring stuff in on time, on budget and in scope, then it's not doing you any favors. So the job description that I happened to look at was a project manager and the job description specified that they were going to use agile methods. So to answer this question, we'll start with our starting sentence. So obviously, I don't know all of the other candidates, and I'm sure many of them are as qualified as I am. You need a successful project manager, and I can tell you that I have those skills. And now we do the three bullets. So I have a 100% success rate in bringing projects I've managed in on time and on budget. My last three clients have renewed their contracts with our company based on the performance of the projects I have managed. And I have a depth of knowledge about agile methods and I'm a qualified scrum master. So we've, we've hit the really big things. I can bring a project in on time and on budget and I've done it multiple times. Clients renewing is always a good sign for project managers, even if they don't renew your project or your you know, if, they, if they've moved on from whatever it is that you do because they've done that once and now they renew for something else, that's always a good sign. And uh, being a scrum master is like the best way to know Agile, to prove that you know something about Agile. So each one of the points relates to one or more of the important points that we established beforehand. So that's the way this works. So next role we looked at was the audit manager. Uh, now, the most important outcome of an audit manager's role is the reduction of risk, right? So in this case, we're going to hit on the same outcome three times to really set home the message that we know how important the outcome is, uh, that is the reduction of risk, and how well we're able to achieve that. So again, starting with our kickoff. Uh, obviously, I don't know all the other candidates, and I'm sure many of them are as qualified as I am. I can tell you that I led a team of 10 audit specialists to audit 75% of the business last year, an increase of 25% over the previous year. We identified and mitigated $4 million in risk from the business, and I collaborated with the European business in creating an audit program for their area, which resulted in another $250 million in risk being mitigated. So again, in this case, we're not hitting on three different um, tasks, right, or three different things that are of importance. Rather, it is the reduction of risk that is the primary focus, and we're going back to 
to identify three ways in which, as a candidate, we have the skills needed to show we have an experience in the reduction of risk. And you'll notice that these are super specific. They are about specific things. They are, yeah, they're quantified. They are the kind of things you have for uh, resume accomplishments. Um, and it's the specificity of them um, that makes them compelling. If I just said, well, I've been leading a, ten, a team of 10 audit specialists, okay, you know, you don't know how well I did that. You don't know right? if it was worth me leading that team to the business. You don't know, um, you know, the fact that they managed to increase the amount of the business, the, the spread of the business that they were able to audit means that the team was working well. In theory, right? I mean, if you were interviewing, you might want to ask about team management next because it is possible that that person drove them into the ground. But in theory, someone who is leading a team to increase productivity is a good team manager. Um, it also shows um, that, you know, working with the European business shows that they can collaborate with people who don't have the same paradigm, assuming this was somebody in the US. Europe is very different in the way that business is structured legally and financially. Um, so auditing is quite different. Um, and so if somebody can collaborate with a European team and have a success, that they they made they mitigated some risk over there too. Um, that shows a really well-rounded audit manager. Like I'd be wanting to talk more to this person. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to be visiting the Silicon Valley area, uh, Palo Alto specifically, March 17th through 19th with our Effective Hiring Manager, Effective Manager, and Effective Communicator conferences. We only bring the Effective Hiring Manager to this area once per year. So register on our website today at manager-tools.com forward slash training. The last one we chose was Marketing Executive. Mm-hmm. The job description we looked for in, or looked at, my apologies, for this role was very specific about the person uh, in this role being responsible for a program designed to deepen relationships with customers, causing them then in turn to purchase additional insurance products from said company. So for that reason, we made sure to bring out accomplishments that had similar results. Okay? You'll notice that the bullets in these examples are a bit longer and there's more content to them. Uh, in the advertisement, the company mentioned some specific methods that they want to use in the future. So we made sure to mention our experience in using those specific methods in this answer. So if you didn't have that experience of using the methods, then you could just use the beginning part of these bullets. If you have it, then say so, especially if it's something a company doesn't have right now and they want to use in the future. Because their choice is, Hire someone who's never done it and everybody learns together, okay, but you don't get results as fast. It's, it's possible to do it that way. Or hire someone who's done it before and skip the learning curve. <laughs> right, exactly. Why would you not do that? Absolutely. That is the very definition of why we should hire you over another candidate. Exactly. All right. So the answer to this one. Um, obviously, I don't know all the other candidates, and I'm sure many of them are as qualified as I am. You're looking to deepen your relationships with new and existing customers, and I can tell you that as a marketing executive, 
I led a team of five marketing specialists to decrease customer churn by 5% to 11% last year uh, by instigating timed and personalized marketing communication processes. We increased customer lifetime value by an average of $300 per customer uh, with no additional ongoing costs by revamping our renewal and sign-up web pages with an additional profit of $3 million last year. And I led the customer service representative training uh, that resulted in an increase of 10% in customer satisfaction and 17% increase in upsell on customer calls. Wow, I want to hire that person. Um, again so it's super specific we're talking about exactly what the advert um, said that they wanted to do in the future so decreasing churn is deepening the relationship it means that people are staying with the product or the company that they've bought and uh, timed and personalized marketing communications was were two of the things that were mentioned in the ad and one of the tricks if there is a trick to being interviewed or, or writing your resume is to use the same words as they use in the ad. One, it saves them having to translate. There's lots of ways that you could describe these marketing um, documents and probably everybody who's in marketing knows five different ways. But if you use the same words, it's, it doesn't. they don't have to translate it. They don't have to check that you mean exactly the same thing. And the other thing is, you know, they feel like you're, t- you're speaking our language. Our language, exactly. You already belong here. Culturally, you're a fit to our organization. Exactly. Yeah. And then the the second one was about customer lifetime value. So the other thing about these answers is they're talking about things which are universally used to measure that kind of role. So universally, project managers bring stuff in on time and on budget. Universally, audit managers reduce risk. Universally, uh, marketing people who are dealing with customers are trying to increase customer lifetime value. And so you're you're saying, I know that this is an industry standard. And what's more, I know how to move the needle on that standard. Because even if lifetime value wasn't mentioned in the ad, in any marketing department that's dealing with customers, that's what they're worrying about. So it's demonstrating knowledge of the role, but also being specific about what you're able to do about that thing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So now what you finish with, um, right? We've got the first and second parts um, of our answer. Once you've finished giving those three bullet points, finish with, uh, would you like me to go more into depth about any of those three that I just discussed, right? Uh, It's a neat way of giving a short, concise answer, but also giving yourself the opportunity to go into depth if the hiring manager was expecting a longer answer, right? Uh, it also means that the topic you get to cover then in depth when they say things like, oh, actually, can you go more into the second one you discussed? Um, it means that you're giving them the information that the hiring manager is actually most interested in because surely one of those bullets will stand out to them as being more impactful. And this way they've got an option to choose which it is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than a candidate who who goes on for five minutes about something that's completely irrelevant. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is a this is a nice way of giving them three choices. Uh, you, they could say all three. They could say none. Right. That's plenty. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If you've guessed right, they shouldn't say none. Although they might want to ask more questions. In which case, then they could. I wouldn't take them saying none um, as 
bad sign. I don't um, either. Yeah. But it's a nice way to to do that, to give a short answer, not to waste too much time, um, to make sure that you're answering and being direct about things that the hiring manager is most interested in and also not going on about things that are irrelevant. And of course, it does mean you have to be prepared. You have to have you have to have thought about what's important to the hiring manager and you have to think about what experiences you've had that will demonstrate your skills and abilities in that area. So what you do is uh, when I've been interviewing, you'll have a project manager and you'll say, have you ever had a project where the customer was really difficult? And, they, and they're like, um, let me think. How hard can it be? Like if you've if you've written your resume, written your cover letter, thought about this job, you know, the clients for project managers are always difficult. Some are easier yeah. than others, and some are more difficult than others. But it shouldn't be that hard to remember an example if you've just spent the last weekend thinking about your experience and your resume. Right. Um, if you can't think of a very generic example of a very obvious question like that it shows you're not prepared and the conclusion from that behavior is you come to meetings unprepared yes and everybody would prefer someone who comes to meetings prepared yeah exactly (laughs) um so there's a saying how you do one thing is how you do everything so if you come to this one meeting unprepared we're 99% certain you come to every meeting unprepared. If you can't give a concise answer, then we're 99% sure you never give a concise answer. <laughs> right? Or alternately, you don't have experience, right? Yeah, exactly. It would be weird for a project manager never to have had a difficult client or or at least a difficult moment with a client. Exactly. Um and so that would make me doubt their experience. Like, were you really the project manager or were you running the project office, which is a very, very different job? So there is no reason that you shouldn't be able to answer these questions in an interview. Um, and if you can't, then we're going to draw a bunch of negative uh, conclusions from that. If you're not able to describe them crisply, then the hiring manager will suspect either you don't have the experience required or you don't have confidence in your skills. If they say, um, why should I hire you? And you say, well, I think I'm a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That shows no uh, professional awareness of what you should be able to do and, and how to measure it and no confidence in your skills. And as the person said at the beginning, <laughs> we want to see people who can brag without bragging. That's not true. We we don't. That's just silly. But on the other hand, we want to see people who have some confidence in their skills. Right. Who are able to effectively showcase their skill set. Mm-hmm. And it can be an uncomfortable thing to be telling someone how great you are. But the advantage of having it backed up by numbers um, and having these quantified things is it takes it a little bit out of the personal. It takes it a little bit out of you. It was like, I'm not saying I'm great. These figures say that I'm great. I'm not gushing about me. There's also data behind that. Exactly. So that can actually make that part of an interview more comfortable to have those numbers. Absolutely. So in summary, guys, Even though we think that the asking of this question wastes precious interview time, it's something that's frequently asked, right? And because we know that it's frequently asked, you need to be able to answer the question effectively. 
right? Uh, fortunately, it's easy. Just start by acknowledging that you don't have all of the information necessary to make a comparison. List three experiences that you've got uh, that relate to the job requirements that they're looking for. And ask if the hiring manager wants to know more information. Job done. Right. Easy. <laughs> well, hopefully the next time you're in an interview and somebody asks you that question, you'll be ready and you'll you'll have your answers prepared and we hope you get the job, whatever it is that you want to do. Right. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Wendy. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with a new topic. Thank you.